Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm your host, Brad Betke, and this is episode 18 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. 20 is when it changed, I turned conscious. Had to proceed with some caution as an artist, but really a novelist facing tribulation from consequence. Never had an issue with confidence because I'm confident, and that's common sense. I'm craving for more hunky inside of me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming back for another episode. This one being number 18 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Got some great stuff for you this week. A lot going on, which hasn't been the case as much in the past, but. Don't worry, we got some great content for you here. Let's get right into it. First things first, I think we want to talk about the biggest thing that happened in this last week, and that's Tom Brady coming out of retirement to play his 23rd season and to play his fourth with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know how I feel about this one. You know, I guess I kind of understand because when you look at what happened when he did quote-unquote retire, I hardly think that he's the one he ever actually came out and said, I am retiring. Between the false accusations between his agent, his father, some other stuff, he wanted to spend time with his family. Seemed like everything that happened was misinterpreted. I'm not really sure how it all went down, but it seemed like every time there was an announcement, it was from somebody other than Tom Brady. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, no one knows better than he does on what shape he's in, so... We'll have to just wait and see if he's still capable of it. Now being the oldest quarterback to ever play a game. But there was a lot of moves in free agency in this last week. Most of you know a lot of the names. But I'm going to go over probably the bigger names. Just the ones that kind of surprised me. It's going to be weird to see players on different teams. The first one, Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, what? I don't think anybody expected that. I know that towards the end of the season, there were a lot of conversations about him and Derek Carr because they played together in college and this, that, and the other. But I don't think anybody actually thought it was going to happen, especially after the Packers franchise tagged Devontae Adams. And he came out and said he wasn't going to play under the franchise tag, but I don't think anybody knew it was going to go this far. It's going to be so hard to see him on a team that's not the Packers. That's all I've ever known is Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams for the Packers. For most of my recent life, I guess. This one really struck me as a big move. I don't know if it was the Packers were just tired of people and begging for money and this, that, and the other. But, I mean, I don't even know what to think. It's appalling, honestly. The contents of the trade were a first and a second round pick for this upcoming draft. And the Raiders got Adams on a five-year, $141.25 million contract, averaging just under $30 million a season. He is now the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. My brain is all over the place because as I'm recording this, it's maybe 30 minutes after this whole thing happened. I had my entire episode recorded. It was scheduled to be posted, and then boom, all of a sudden, SportsCenter, ESPN, CBS, everything attacks me. Devontae Adams to the Raiders. 
so I'm, I mean, this is raw reaction. I my words, I'm having a hard time coming up with them. What does this mean for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? I'm seeing reports that Aaron Rodgers apparently knew about it before the deal happened, and I'm not surprised because Adams and Rodgers had a good relationship, so I can only imagine that Adams made sure Rodgers was one of the first people to know. But at the same time, I'm trying to imagine what this means for the Packers and how do they get Rodgers to stay now. I mean, even if they go and sign like Odell and Jarvis Landry, that's not enough. You know what I mean? You went from the best wide receiver in the league to Marquez Valdez-Scantling as your best receiver. That's a big jump, you know? Um... I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Is he even going to play this year now? What are the Packers going to do? I just, I don't know. But in another note, the AFC West looks, I I mean, best conference, sorry, best division in like the history of football. You have the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You have the Denver Broncos with, now, Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb, Bryce Callahan, and the Chargers just went and got Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson on top of having Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Rayshon Slater, the list goes on. And then now the Raiders, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. I mean, wow. That is quite a division of football. And I... There's no way that all four of those teams don't go to the playoffs. Because how do you not having the rosters like that? What a time for a fan of football. That's... Wow. I mean, I'm sitting here in silence because I am at a loss of words. I... Never thought the day of Devontae Adams leaving the Packers would have came. Yet here we are. But I guess on the flip, that means this is going to be quite a season. And I am looking forward to it. But I don't know. That's crazy. It'll be interesting to see. Next up, we got Von Miller going to the Bills. That one definitely caught me off guard. I thought that he maybe would have stayed in L.A. since they just won a ring. Um, And he had even hinted about going back to Denver because of the Russell Wilson trade and everything like that. So I'm kind of surprised to see him go to the Bills, but at the same time, not really because they really are contenders. And we all know what happened this last season with that and the Chiefs and the overtime rule and all that stuff. Next up, Allen Robinson to the Rams. I'm a little surprised by this one just because I guess this indirectly tells us that Odell is not going to be re-signing with the Rams, which I think a lot of people were looking forward to, especially with this last season he had when he got traded towards the end of the year and had a really good season. Miles Jack to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this one's a pretty big move. You look at the Steelers... Since losing Shazier, really the only competent linebacker has been T.J. Watt, and he's more of an edge rusher than he is a coverage linebacker. Not that he can't play it, but his 
he's predominantly known for his edge rushing, hence him tying the record for most sacks in a season just this last year. So I think Miles Jack, to put it in the middle there, is going to have a big effect on how the Steelers' defense succeeds, considering that's what they've been known for for most of their existence. Chandler Jones to the Las Vegas Raiders. I think this one's a big deal, especially since they just lost Yannick Ngakwe to the Colts. I think Chandler Jones, I was a little more leaning towards him going to maybe the Philadelphia Eagles or another team in that division, but I think the Raiders, we'll see how it goes. Chandler Jones is getting a little old, but I mean, he had a really good year these last couple of years, honestly, not just last year. And the Raiders could definitely use the pass rush considering they didn't really have the best one this last year. And especially now since they lost Ngakwe to the Colts. Next up, Marcus William to the Baltimore Ravens from the Saints. Uh, This is interesting considering the Ravens already have a really good secondary. You look at their corners, they got Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. And now they're adding... Mark Marcus Williams, their secondary is very, very dangerous. Personal opinion, second best secondary in the league. You have Amari Cooper going to the Cleveland Browns. I personally don't like this one. I really don't because, and it's more so sympathy for Amari Cooper because you look at the situation in Cleveland, especially these last two or three days with They were meeting with Deshaun Watson, and then they decided they're not going to sign him, and then Baker Mayfield sent out that weird, like, goodbye, farewell, thank you message, or whatever you want to call it, and then the Browns just told him that they won't let him be traded to another team, and it's just a whole lot of weird stuff going on. You know, they lost Odell in the trade to the Rams, and then they just released Jarvis Landry early this week. So they definitely need to fill that gap with Amari Cooper, and they still have people like Donovan Peoples-Jones, and they did franchise tag the tight end, uh, David Njoku. So they still have a couple options there, but hopefully they get their quarterback situation figured out because Amari Cooper definitely deserves a good QB to match his good route running, arguably one of the best route runners in football right now, if not the best. Next up, Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson to the Chargers. I mean... Whoa. You look at the pass rush, they now have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And then you look at their secondary, they now have J.C. Jackson and Derwin James. They have some of the best players at each of their positions. So this one is kind of crazy. And Chargers, they might have arguably the best defense in football this coming year. Next up, we got Randy Gregory hit a curveball to the Denver Broncos. I'm sorry, to the Dallas Cowboys by going to the Denver Broncos for a pretty big contract at that after saying that he was going to be in Dallas. This one, I don't know. You know what I mean? You look at a guy like him who made the promise to Dallas and then he goes and boom, big contract to another team. It's kind of shady, you know, but at the end of the day, you got to understand it's a business. And these players are the product, so they kind of sell themselves. So good for him for getting a big contract, and we'll see how his success goes in Denver. I think the Denver Broncos getting him had a lot to do with Von Miller not going to the Broncos. That was probably their supplementation for not getting Von. Next up, uh, DJ Chark to the Detroit Lions. 
I don't know about them only signing him to a one-year contract. I think that's a bit peculiar because you look at the team, they definitely need a solidified wide receiver one, who I think a lot of people thought was going to be Allen Robinson. But DJ Chark, I mean, he has what it takes, 6'4", you know, he's a pretty good route runner, he's got good hands, he's a pro bowler in the past, you know, but a one-year contract, I mean, what's the purpose, you know what I mean? The whole point is to get a solidified wide receiver one, and I understand he's not much of a veteran, you know, he's only been in the league a couple of years, but do you want a wide receiver one or not? I mean, a one-year contract doesn't set anything in stone i'm not too sure what the lions were doing with this move here i may not understand it the way they do and that's why they're in the positions they are and i'm in the position i am so i'm just curious what their plans are with that one in the future in general another wide receiver signing that kind of caught me really off guard christian kirk to the jacksonville jaguars after this signing he is now the second highest paid receiver he was the third but the Titans just released Julio Jones. So Christian Kirk is now the second highest paid wide receiver in the NFL behind Devontae Adams. But that's kind of crazy. Christian Kirk is not somebody you'd look at as one of the top receivers in the league. He had a good year last year, and he's a good route runner with some speed, but he's got some work to do. I don't know if I see him being worth top three paid receiver money, but it is what it is. Another signing in Jacksonville is Brandon Scherf, the tackle from Washington. I think that's a good signing for them. I mean, you definitely need an offensive line over there. Trevor Lawrence, he hasn't really been able to showcase his talent, you know, his number one overall pick talent, because he hardly had any time in the backfield. So hopefully the O-line signings uh, help him out a lot there. And then lastly, two running backs got signed to Miami, uh, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. I think this is a pretty big deal. You look at... Uh, who they had this last year, Miles Gaskin. He shows that he has potential, but he wasn't very consistent. I think that signing this two-man backfield and what they did in the last couple of years shows that they're very aggressive. They also re-signed players like Emmanuel Agba and stuff like that. So you can tell that Miami is on the right track, but there's still a lot of missing pieces. Um, I think they got to look at the fact that Miles Gaskin's success, lack of success, I should say, last year was more about his O-line rather than him. Not that he didn't make any mistakes, but I think the offensive line had a lot of influence on that. So at the same time, though, I can kind of see what they're doing. Both Edmonds and Mostert are really good receiving running backs. And if you look at around the league today, I think that's becoming more and more important to have a running back that's just as good at catching and running the ball as he would be running it up the middle. So we'll see how that works there. Those are really the only free agency signings that I wanted to touch on. I feel like they're going to have the biggest impact or I just had the biggest opinion on them. There definitely have been some other good and I don't not so good signings for other teams around the league. And it's going to be weird to see some of these players on other teams like Khalil Mack to the Chargers. It was already weird to see him in Chicago, you know, and J.C. Jackson to the Chargers. We know him as a Patriot. And Chandler Jones to the Raiders. He's been on the Cardinals for quite some time. Allen Robinson to the Rams. He's been on the Bears for a while. Cooper on Cleveland. I mean, he's been a Cowboy other than when he was in the Raiders most of his career. You know, a lot of these players have been on one team for most of their career. Brandon Scherf, he's been on the Raiders, or sorry, the Commanders previously, the Redskins previously, the Washington football team, whatever for quite a while as well. So it's going to be a little weird to see these players move around. But that about wraps it up for the NFL. Moving on to the next major sport, you have the NBA. 
CBS came out with their recent power rankings that they have, and I don't know how much I agree with some of the teams, but we can go over a handful of them. The top five, in order, they have the Mavericks, the Celtics, the Suns, the Bucks, and the Grizzlies. This is kind of interesting. I don't know how much I see the Mavericks being the best team in basketball. I mean, they hardly beat the Nets last night, who are hardly even in the top ten. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie hitting a game winner on his old team is only fitting. But the Celtics, I kind of understand because they've been playing some really good basketball. I can understand them being in the top three. The Suns, they have the best record by a mile, so they definitely got to be up there. The Bucks, same thing. Grizzlies, they've been playing really good basketball as well. I can definitely understand why they're where they are where they are. The Warriors, they got Draymond Green coming back. They're at number six, so I can understand them doing that. They've been playing better. The Timberwolves, I mean, they just had Carl Anthony Towns have a crazy game. So that team's been playing well, obviously, on top of that. Then you have the Heat, the Raptors, and the Nets, and that's your top ten. Just outside of there, you have the Nuggets, the 76ers, and the Jazz, and the Bulls. Now, I told y'all that I don't know about the Bulls staying that high. They haven't looked as good as they did earlier. Not that they don't look good, they just haven't looked as good. So you can definitely see a trend going there. They're kind of falling off a little bit. But they still will be playoff contenders, so we'll see how all of that goes there. I just find those rankings kind of interesting because I don't know how much I agree with what teams are where. I would move around a couple of them, but overall I would say they have the right teams in the top 10, just not quite in the right order. You look at an interesting stat I saw. The Lakers in their last few games are 0-9 when LeBron does not score 50 points. I mean, come on. The dude has dropped 50 points twice in two weeks, and those are the only two wins that they have. How much more does he have to do? I don't want to hear, oh, well, they have Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and all these names. No, they don't. Anthony Davis has been injured 80% of the year, and Russell Westbrook is playing one of his worst seasons in his career. I mean, the Lakers look like crap. They look like garbage. I feel really bad for LeBron, but at the same time, this is a team that he put together. You know what I mean? He, the GM, he put this team together, you know? How much can you really say about it? Obviously, he's going out there and playing pretty well most of the nights, but, I mean, there's more that's got to be done. On one side of it, I feel bad for LeBron, but on the other side, it's like, dude, you put this team together, man. You got to prove it. And he does. He proves he does his part. And there was a clip the other night. He got extremely frustrated that the team just could not get a rebound. I mean, it's embarrassing to watch them. It's hard to even think that they won the championship just two years ago. I don't know what's going on. I really don't, and nor do I really care to find out because it's stressful to think about. So I'm going to stay away from that, and I'm going to let Lakers fans hold that one for me. Next in the NBA, Kyrie Irving. Man, can we talk about this guy for a second? I mean, he comes out here and drops 50 uh, two weeks ago and then 60 the other night. Like, dude, he doesn't even play in half of the games that the team plays. And what a lot of people fail to realize, you might think on one end that he has more time to prepare for these games, but NBA players have come out and admitted it's harder to have a long period of time between your games because 
it's all about rhythm. You get into a rhythm. You play one game, you play another, you play another, play another. Your body is used to the same things. If you take like a week off, let's say the Brooklyn Nets have a three-game home streak. You take that's like a week or so off, and then Kyrie comes back and just drops sixty. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot harder than people think it is, and I think he needs to be given the credit he deserves for him to sit out for as long as he does, and then just come in and drop fifty or sixty or whatever it may be. Like it's nothing. It blows my mind. I mean, you can literally see it in his play. He can almost make it from anywhere. Real quick, I just want to touch on the stupid rules at the Barclays Center. You think about it like this. There was a college basketball game there the other night. Kyrie Irving was allowed to come and watch the basketball game without a mask on and sit in the crowd, but he's not allowed to play at a home stadium when he's the home player. But players on the other team coming to visit the Nets at their home stadium that aren't vaccinated are allowed to play. It's just the home team players that aren't allowed to play. It's the dumbest rule I have ever heard of in the history of anything. And then you look at the Yankees really quick. I just want to touch on this as well. The Yankees, Aaron Judge might not be able to play for a part of the season because he's not vaccinated. First of all, baseball is an outdoor sport. What? And are we not going to talk about how far apart baseball players are from each other on the field other than the catcher and the uh, the batter? Like, how dumb are these rules? New York looks like an absolute crap fest compared to the rest of the country with whatever these rules are that they're whatever you want to call it doing with all of this I'm just not too sure what's going on and I feel bad for Kyrie because to think about the fact that what he's doing you know these last couple of games to think that he's just dropping 50 and 60 out of nowhere like it's nothing what he could do if he was playing more often I mean he'd be breaking records no cap you also look at that same game he dropped 41 points in the first half Not many of you might know this, but that is the most points in a first half since 2003 when Kobe dropped 42 in the first half, only one point more. So Kyrie's the real deal. I think people need to start remembering that because they haven't seen him in a while. doesn't mean he's not who he is. And as well, another 60-point game, Carl Anthony Towns. He had 56 after three quarters. I don't really know what happened, where that came from, what got into him. Because not that he hasn't been doing well, but he hasn't doing 60 points well. I mean, both of them got career highs with those games, and they were like a day apart. It blows my mind. You think about it nowadays, there were not this many players dropping this many points this often in the 80s and 90s. I don't want to hear that MJ's era was more difficult, because no, it wasn't. It was more physical. But nowadays, NBA is more skilled. People are faster, stronger. Their ability to get more points is more common. You didn't see those things back in the 80s and 90s. You saw the same four teams going to the finals every single season. Today's NBA, it's a different team every year. I mean, look at it. Two years ago was the Lakers and the Heat. Last year was the Suns and the Bucks. This year, I mean, who knows who's going to go this year. There's like six teams that could potentially win it. So... I just felt like being petty real quick and throwing that out out there at the people that think the other way around because it doesn't make sense. And there's literal logic and it's right in front of your face that today's NBA is harder. But think what you want. That's just me. That's about it for the NBA for me. Really, the only story other than March Madness in sports right now is that the MLB finally got out of their lockout and spring training is officially starting this week. So if you're a baseball fan, look forward to it. Season started, a lot of exciting things happening. And as a Detroit fan, I'm kind of excited to see Javier Baez and how he fits in on Detroit since they 
kind of didn't do bad last year considering the team that they have and how young the team is. I'm curious to see how it goes. For those of you participating in the bracket challenge, best of luck. I hope your brackets don't bust because I know mine hasn't. And then we're a few games in already, so I'm looking forward, man. This is already so, so, so exciting. It really is one of the most exciting times of the year for sports. Other than that, you guys, that about wraps it up for this week, episode 18. I told you guys they're going to start getting a little bit longer as I have more and more to talk about. And anybody that has been paying attention to anything knows that there is more going on in sports right now than there is for the last handful of months. So it's an exciting time for a sports fan and an exciting time to listen to box score sports. You know what to do. Hit us up on socials. Let me know if there's anything that you think I should be adding to the episodes and the content in general. Other than that, keep sharing it, keep spreading it, keep showing the love. I love you guys. See you next week. Peace out. 20 is when it changed. I turned conscious. Had to proceed with some caution as an artist, but really a novelist facing tribulation from consequence. Never had an issue with confidence because I'm confident. And that's common sense. I'm craving for more hunger inside of me, but my stomach is bottomless. Who's saying that mellow ain't the goat? Get him out of here. Say my name in vain three times, and I just might appear. Now I didn't walk through the valley, I think I'm out of fear. I can't be afraid, I try to leave. People telling me proceed, but you can't even see ahead of me. It's dead to me, like underage bitches. Are-